Well, and I think there's been this just, it, to me, it is such a harmful sort of message that we have gotten, I think, just as a, as a culture, and I think it's even more so with people with ADHD, is this idea that if you didn't get everything done on your, on your list, that you failed. Says who? Hello, and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. What's up, team? COVID continues to be a challenge for families across the nation. And that's why the ADHD Essentials online parent coaching groups are so valuable at this time. The groups meet for eight weeks, beginning on Monday, January 25th. And each week has a theme. Week one is practicing self-care. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of our families. Week two is developing parental leadership. We follow that up with weeks three and four, looking at fostering connection within the family and improving communication within the family. And of course, both of those weeks will expand beyond our immediate family to friends and extended loved ones and relations. Week five will see us looking at creating structures and systems that are ADHD friendly and will help support the learning that we've already had and the learning that will continue as the weeks go on. Week six is about managing anxiety because certainly there's enough of that going around right now and we want to get it under control as best we can. And in week seven, we look at my wall of awful model and how to use it to reduce the tensions at home and to help all of us get done the things we need to do. And week eight is about asking better questions because better questions get us better answers. And also there'll be plenty of time to ask questions throughout the weeks, but week eight, we really drill into them. The structure of the groups looks like this. We meet for an hour on Mondays and Wednesdays. One section is at 3 p.m., the other section at 5 p.m. That hour is taken up roughly equally by time for connection and questions and also direct content instruction around the topics that we focus on in each week. Registration for the ADHD Essentials online parent coaching groups ends on Monday, January 18th. So go to ADHDessentials.com slash parent groups or email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com to schedule a free information call. I look forward to speaking with you. And of course, check out our partner podcasts, ADHD Rewired, hosted by Eric Tivers, the flagship show of this network, and Hacking Your ADHD with Will Curb, another phenomenal addition. And soon, we will have two more shows on the ADHD Rewired podcast network. One hosted by my friend MJ, and the other hosted by Moira, who was on a couple of weeks ago. And if you'd like to get to know all of us a little bit better, January 18th at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, there will be a live Q&A with all five of us. Go to ADHDrewired.com events for more details.
If you like this episode and previous episodes, I would greatly appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It goes a long way to helping others find us so we can support as many as possible. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking to my friend, Eric Tivers. Eric is a licensed clinical social worker, coach, consultant, and entrepreneur, and he's the founder of ADHD Rewired, which encompasses the podcast network this show appears on, as well as adult ADHD coaching groups, and an alumni support network for those who have been through those groups. In today's episode, Eric talks about how he plans his year. We discuss how he uses theming to set his priorities, the way that he segments his year to make things more manageable, the importance of anticipating a post-COVID pivot as 2021 progresses, and why it's okay to leave some things on your to-do list. All right, let's get rolling. All right. Uh, I think it's been a while. Uh, so I'm Eric Tivers. I am the host and creator of ADHD Rewired and the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. Um, I am a licensed clinical social worker by training, a coach by design, uh, a, an, an avid pickleball player. Um, uh, I like technology. Um, I just got a lot of interest and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm always got a lot of balls in the air. Some of them sometimes are on fire and, uh, and it's kind of all a game. So it's fun. Yeah. So, and that's why I wanted to have you on is because of that being an entrepreneur, often having a lot of balls in the air, some of them on fire and having ADHD, being an ADHD expert and your planning skills around all of that, because we are about to start a new year. Unfortunately, from what I heard, 2021, so that's disappointing because um, I didn't want 2020 to win. But it, it's also kind of an uncertain year because as much as COVID brought some uncertainty and around health, it sort of brought certainty around like you're staying in your house and not doing much and you're virtually working from for school or your job or whatever. But now we have a vaccine coming that's going to upend what has become the new normal. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that we're going to go back to the old normal necessarily. So there's this interesting layer of uncertainty for 2021. And also, I am not a person who is very good at planning out an entire year. So I wanted to bring you on because you are good at that. I'm good at pivoting with uncertainty and navigating that, but not planning a whole year. So I thought that the two of us could kind of navigate this entire year of 2021, help the audience listen and think about What am I doing with my kids? What am I doing with myself? Where's my self-care? Where's my professional stuff happening? Um, And also, how do we navigate maybe COVID wrapping up and maybe being able to go see people again and maybe having to go back into the office? How's that landing? There was a lot of questions in there. So I'm going to let you break that down. I'm happy to. So first off, we are staring down the barrel of an uncertain year you are good at planning for a full year anyway. So where do you start? Where do we want to begin? So I start uh, the, the way I start all planning and it's, I look backwards before I look forwards. So uh, for this year, I would, I would think about all right, what was going well this year? Um, what do I want to continue working on? Um, what projects did I have that were on my, my goals for, for 2020 that uh, either I haven't gotten to yet that I want to carry forward or 
um, or just things that are still relevant. So I, I first look at those. Um, I look at um, what what has not been working, right? And identify what changes can I potentially make um, in those. I try to look at, all right, what were some of the challenges that, that came up during the year? Uh, what are some of the things that I learned? And then how can I apply those lessons uh, learned uh, from any challenges or obstacles that, that I experienced during the year into uh, into the next year. So it's thinking about how do I, um, as you mentioned the word pivot, like how do I pivot in, in various areas? I also look at like where in my life do I feel most unsatisfied or frustrated? Because you know, one of the things about any kind of planning is that when we try to do all the things, we don't do any of the things, right? So it's... <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I think, and this is, I think no matter what time frame you're planning for, saying no and deciding what you're not going to be doing is one of the most important parts of both short-term and long-term planning. I typically begin uh, after kind of spending a little bit of time kind of reflecting on the, the year that was, and I begin thinking about, all right, what kind of year do I want 2021 to be? Do I want it to be a, a growth year? Do I want it to be a maintenance year? Do I want it to be a, a slowdown year? You know, so one of the things that I, that I spend a lot of time doing is thinking about themes for the year or having like a word or a couple of words for the year. It's kind of a shortcut for yearly planning. I, it's funny because I've been thinking about this one for myself for my, and, I, and I have not yet landed on, like I am like dancing around some ideas Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't yet landed on that word or phrase that is going to be that lens that's going to help me make decisions, that's going to help me, it's going to kind of be instructive in those moments where, um, you know, like for for example, last year, my theme, my primary theme for last year was heal deeply. So that instructed me on how I'm spending my time I have been in therapy, uh, seen, seen a wonderful therapist every week since January. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the sort of books and things that I've read have been around a specific, uh, particular topic. So I, I always look at what do I want to learn this year? And I go deep. And so that really helped me. Uh, like for example, if there was a book that, that came across my, uh, my awareness that looked really interesting. And this was maybe a book on say, um, leadership, which is not one of my interests. I would look at that and say, hmm, that is not in alignment with my theme. So I'm not gonna read that right now. So it's like a filter. It's like, a, it's like a, this is the value. This is the theme that I'm looking at right now. Yes. Other stuff is a distraction from that. I'm not gonna indulge in, even if it feels like it's valid and important. Yes. When it comes to this theme, this term that you're looking at, is it all encompassing or is it like there's a theme for professional stuff? Are you segmenting your life in that way? Like professional, I don't know, family, personal health, or is it just big picture everything? I, I do try to have an overarching one, um, but I also have, have had years where that just didn't work. So I did have uh, sort of separate ones for the different domains in my life. Mm-hmm. So as I'm working on themes, and I, and I don't do this in a linear fashion 
at all. Like, and I actually don't recommend people do this in a linear fashion. Like I think when you're, especially when you're planning your year, this is something that like your brain needs time to percolate on. And then once you sort of land on a theme, try it on. It's sort of like you're trying something now, but don't cut the tags off yet because you actually might not like it. Because I know in years past, I'm like, yes, this is my theme. And then I'm like working with it. And like a couple of weeks into January, I'm like, you know what? Nah, it's not quite it. And I'll, I'll find something better. And, and I go with that. So like this year, I'm, uh, I'm going to share something with you that I haven't even shared yet in my own podcast, Brendan. Ooh, yeah. I'm honored. Uh, yeah. So um, uh, my wife and I are getting divorced. Um, so that's been something we've been dealing with uh, throughout the entire year of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so with that comes changes in my schedule with, uh, you know, because I have 50-50 custody. Um, that also comes with a need to increase my income. Uh, so a lot of the the things that I've been wanting to do to grow, uh, to grow ADHD Rewired, I now have the need to grow ADHD rewired. So I'm uh, really looking at a bunch of big development plans for the business. So I'm looking at things like level up is one of my uh, leading themes at the moment. Uh, work hard, play hard, uh, be awesome-er, and awesome is a is a um, an acronym. Uh, so you know the awe question in coaching? Yep. And what else? Mm-hmm. So awesome. So and what else? strategies, opportunities, mindfulness, execution. Okay. So there's a contender there. Um, I have stuff around like uh, agility, uh, adapt, being all in. It's sort of like yin yang, like I'm going hard, but I also got to rest, like make sure I'm resting and taking care of myself. And so part of my process too is truly doing what I'm doing right here now. And it's like talking to people about it kind of trying to, to figure out what it is that I'm, I'm trying to say, you know, so I, I'm very much of a verbal processor. Uh, so sometimes I don't even know what I'm thinking until I'm talking about it. And so earlier you mentioned like what kind of a year you're looking to have, you're looking to have a growth year, a rest year, a status quo year. Clearly you're looking at a growth year. Yes. Which I am definitely not. I am looking at a status quo year mm-hmm. because homeschooling my kids is close to overwhelming me. If it was the only thing I was doing, it wouldn't be the case. But in addition to the homeschooling of my children, which is a full-time job by itself, I've got this podcast. I've got the clients in terms of the coaching groups. I've got the clients in terms of the one-on-one clients, which I've dropped down considerably my number of one-on-one clients. And I also have workshops that are now virtual and are starting to come back on board after all the disruptions with COVID. So I'm in a status quo year that I think is going to be potentially like a metamorphosis year. There might be some changes that come about as a result of, oh, I can address my work stuff, my business stuff at this lower tier. How can I still make enough money at a lower tier? And then a year from now, 2022 or September, when school starts up again and the kids are in school, hopefully, what does that mean about where I'm focusing my energies in my business? Because I am intentionally focusing less energies in the business because I can't focus the same energy and give the kids what they need. So I'm expecting a twist in sub- come September. I think an important question to sort of ask ourselves in this in the same uh, frame is 
So is it a growing year? Is it a year of change or learning, whatever it is, but also like on a practical level, like how do you want and how do you need to be spending your time? Like, do you want to be spending your time doing more recreational stuff? Do you want or need to be spending your time like growing something, whether it's a business or you're, you're working on professional development, or do you want to spend more time uh, with your family? Think about where do you want to spend your time? Because what it really comes down to is making decisions ahead of time of how you want to spend your time and then scheduling those things, like, like being very like intentional. Um, so because we know the ADHD, it's, you know, it's the disorder of good intentions and, you know, intentions without a plan. It's just, a, it's just it's a wish, right? Yeah. Going back to the segmenting thought in terms of like business, family, personal, I don't know, health. Do you kind of look at your year or your life in general through that kind of a lens? So what I do, so I love to mind map because it's just, it's kind of the way my brain works. It allows me to jump from like point A to point F back to B. I can jump around like that's in my brain. Like that's just, it's good for my brain to be able to plan the, the year that way. And then I put it more in a linear fashion by deciding and prioritizing when I'm going to do what and when when am I not going to do certain things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I start with a brain dump and I I spend a lot of time on this. Uh, In the middle of my screen, I'll have the year and then I'll have a bunch of different sort of domains. So I have uh, uh, work, I have uh, home projects, my physical environment, I have uh, money, fun and recreation, I have learning relationships, which includes family and friends. And I will often break down those relationships, uh, being very specific on who those people are, um, uh, so for health and well-being. And then I also have this year, a new one post COVID. Mm-hmm. And that also the post COVID is integrated into all of those domains. Because, you know, often we, when we plan, we are often planning based on the calendar. But when we think about time, you know, there's there's kind of two two types of time. There's clock time, uh, which is also like calendar time. And then there's sequential time. And when we're thinking about post-COVID, that's sequential time. First, we're doing this. First, we have to wait for the, the vaccine. And, and then once it seems like we can kind of come out and start doing more things, then I can do these other things. Um, like one of the things that I asked in our, uh, in our alumni community when I did this uh, four week, uh, workshop on planning was what are some of the things that you really want to get back to doing that you were doing before COVID? Like for me, like I want to get back to a weekly meditation group. I love meditation. I have a really hard time sitting for two hours by myself. If I'm in a group of people, no problem. They're doing it on, on Zoom and I'm just like, hey, I, I need to be in person to, to, to do that. So like things like recreation. One of the things I really wanted to do this year, I didn't because of COVID, I'm hoping to do next year, is I want to uh, I want to get my motorcycle license and buy a motorcycle. What else do you do when you just, when you just turn 40 and you're going to divorce? You buy a motorcycle, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so like... That's something I've always wanted to do. It's actually a bucket list item. Um, and so really thinking about post-COVID also allows you to anticipate the pivot. So you don't know exactly when it's going to be, but it's going to be at some point, whether it's late spring, early summer, potentially fall. Like it's going to happen this year where there's going to be the pivot where, uh, where we are going to be able to shift to a post-COVID world. 
And it might be in pieces, right? It might be in phases. I kind of have two post-COVID perspectives because I'm homeschooling my kids. So there's post-COVID in terms of like, now we can invite people over to our backyard to watch movies and it can be more than one family and we can have more social interaction. But there's also, and y'all know I love my kids, but I have been with my kids for 24 hours a day, seven days a week since August, probably. They did go to my sister's house a couple of times. That's a lot of time. It is. But I, for real, I have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and not just in terms of being their dad while they're at school virtually, but in terms of being the teacher who is teaching them long division and how cells work and guiding them through reading on the breadwinner and like all of that stuff. I'm doing all of that too. I'm wearing that hat in addition to wearing the dad hat. So I'm looking forward to having that hat go on someone else's head come September. So there's this split of like post COVID in terms of socializing and that kind of stuff. And also post COVID in terms of my kids are allowed to leave my house again. And I can have like six, seven, eight hours to be in my office, building my business doing the business stuff right now I'm fitting the business into the cracks in my kids schedule, as opposed to having this wide open timeline to each day. It is really hard. And so I have a couple of post COVIDs. It's possible that in the summer they'll go to summer camp that might work. And then that, that post COVID, the kids are gone for the day backs up and I get like, okay, now they're at summer camp and I have a few hours and I can do that stuff. So it's, I think it's important too, to look at your post COVID events. It might not all happen at once. It might be in pieces. Another element sort of personal physical health side for me is about a month ago, I found out that a year from now, and it's a nebulous year, uh, I'm testing for my black belt. So I've done the things even during quarantine and COVID to earn enough cred and do my forms better enough to be worthy of testing for a black belt in a year. But one thing I haven't been doing because I can't is sparring. All of my, like, I know how to handle getting punched in the face stuff, that's gone. I don't have that kind of decorum anymore. And I need to get it back. But you can't spar with your kids? Not really. Although Gavin is in this phase where he just punches me a lot right now. <laughs> and I said to him, I was like, no, that's awesome. Because I need to remember how to get hit. And he felt bad for a minute, but I explained it to him. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. Then I'll punch him more. Um, is it like random? You were there like cooking eggs and all of a sudden you're just like whack. He doesn't do it when I'm cooking. Cause he's smarter than that and not that impulsive, but it's like, it's kind of like his way of saying, I love you. Like he'll just kind of run by, he'll start walking past me and then sprint and jump up and punch me with two fists. Like at the same time, like sort of Superman style and then keep running. <laughs> my, my son will, uh, do the come behind me and then like stick his like tongue in my ear. That's you're awesome. tall too, so that's impressive. <laughs> well, it's because I'm sitting. <laughs> I, I like the idea of sort of post-COVID. What does that look like? What does that mean? And also because it it's going to encourage us to look at that and think about it. Because honestly, yes. until we did the QA like two weeks ago for your podcast, I hadn't really envisioned post-COVID. I like mm. would knew it was coming. I was sort of aware of it, but I wasn't thinking about, oh yeah, probably September, I get six hours a day, seven hours a day back yeah. to do stuff that I need to be doing. Um, so that, that idea is important too, probably for the listeners as well. There's a certain level of, and I'm going to go kind of sequential, I guess, or not sequential. I'm going sort of chronological in my thought process at the moment. 
but there's the sort of teacher style, lots of businesses where you begin with the end in mind and you work backwards. There's what's going on in December of next year. And then working backwards from that in terms of like, this is going to happen in the winter of next year and this will happen in the spring and et cetera, et cetera. Is that something you're even doing yet? Or is that you're still doing the more existential theming and stuff? I'm, I've gotten pretty deep into some of the, the stuff that like, so I'm, I'm launching a couple uh, new things with ADHD Rewired. Uh, but we'll see how well I do on my timeline. So my, my goal for the end of January is to officially open the doors to a new membership community that I'm launching called, uh, it's going to be at adultstudyhall.com where there's going to be facilitated study halls. So you can be on Zoom working on different things with people for those accountability uh, sort of buddies, but doing it in a sort of scheduled facilitated way. It will also have a drop-in room where you can, there's a, a Zoom room that will always be available. So we're, we're working on getting that launched uh, in, in January. So that's going to be a new, uh, a new offering. Uh, I'm expanding some of my coaching groups. I'm, I'm uh, training other coaches. We're looking to do uh, merch. So like right now, my goal is to hopefully open a merch shop on uh, on my website to have ADHD branded, uh, ADHD rewired branded stuff. Uh, would love to carry some ADHD essentials branded stuff too, Brendan. That was on my list before COVID hit. That was one of the things I was looking to do. And COVID just pulled the rug out from everybody. So my goal for that is to uh, try to launch that in uh, end of February. Whenever, so a lot of people, especially with ADHD, they're like, oh, like it's so frustrating because they create these goals, but then like um, they never hit them. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of in the same boat. The idea of goals and target dates is to give you a target that you're aiming for. You know, it's, it's, that whole idea of like the kiss of death due date for someone with ADHD is whenever you can get it to me. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that so, doesn't work. No, don't ever <laughs> tell somebody with ADHD that, right? So it's like, it's, it's the aim, it's the stretch, it's the what you're pushing for. And if it takes longer, it takes longer. You know, if I, if I hit 50% of my yearly goals, I think it's a darn good year. Cool. I think plan optimistically be really clear on your priorities and what you want to do first. I'm with you. Cause I tend to plan sort of like, I very rarely don't reach 50% of the goals that I set because I just don't set enough to not meet 50% of them. Sort of like I mentioned before we started talking is I set and my goals and sort of schedule my life in like a rolling admissions kind of approach where it's like, I'm pretty good at planning three ish months out. Right. I can kind of do that but three-ish months out always exists. A month went by, so now we're just still three months out. And so I can kind of look out and say like, this batch of three months I can handle X, Y, and Z. I can't handle this other thing, so that I'll put that down. And so my goals kind of are like that, where I'm like, I want to do this, this, and this. The second two are not going to happen. So I don't necessarily think of them as goals, I guess. I'm just like, that's a thing that I am vaguely interested in. But these two things I can do. And then I start wondering about how it's not about setting the date. It's about how am I going to do that thing? And when do I know that that thing is done? Like, how do I define my done? And sometimes I'm defining my done as a date. And sometimes I'm defining my done as like, I did, I don't know, 12 workshops or 24 workshops or whatever the case may be. Is that at play here too? And how are you defining your done when we're looking at a full year? 
it kind of depends. Um, this so you mentioned this idea of begin with the end in mind, which comes from uh, Stephen Covey, um, which is like great in theory, right? Super hard when you have ADHD. What I more advocate for and practice myself is yes, begin with sort of this idea, this vision, this uh, where you feel you're trying to get to, and then get really focused on like your first two steps and keep taking steps. Cause when you, after you take the first step, trust that you're going to know what the next step is. And then once you take that next step, trust that you're going to know what that next step is. So if you're trying to take on a big project, if you don't know all the steps, what you can control is how much time are you putting in to this project every week? So for this adult study hall project that I'm working on, like my goal right now, cause I'm already uh, working on it is right now to spend at least a half an hour every day doing something that moves us forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I'm creating something new. Like I don't know what all the steps are right now. Right. Right. Um, you know, another, another big project that we're uh, going to be doing uh, later in 2021 is uh, Jessica McCabe and I are uh, going to be uh, launching the first annual uh, ADHD friendly world summit. So Jessica and I talk every week uh, about, about that. And as the new year comes around, we're going to be probably having more meetings about that to, to have more kind of work time as we're kind of figuring out, holy cow, how do we actually put on a summit? Over the last couple of months, we've been talking to other people who put on summits because you don't need to reinvent the wheel and people are very willing to, to share information, uh, which is, which is great. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a huge project that we are uh, planning on taking uh, and taking on. And uh, Brendan, we are hoping that you'll be a uh, part of that. Yeah, of course. Let me know how I can help. Right. It's so like right now we like, we don't know exactly when that's going to be. We're like, well, we don't want to necessarily do it in like October because other people already it's ADHD awareness month, but our, other people already have summits. And uh, I, I don't want to step on anyone's toes and, and water down uh, the things that are available. We don't necessarily want to do it around the, the chat conference. Um, so yeah. like we're, then we're it's December, right? Like, so we're trying to figure out like, all right, so when is like the best time to, to do this? Honestly, if I can, give you my first contribution <laughs> the name adhd friendly world summit feels like a summer event i don't know if it's the word friendly or the fact that when you say it i get the vision of a sun in my head like a smiley sun i don't know why that's happening but it feels like a summer event to me couldn't tell you why maybe, i th- i really think it's the word friendly that's doing it maybe like right when kids are going back to school around that time Maybe. I, I don't know yeah, that you have no, to base it's, it's, it necessarily on kids even, but right, it no, feels it's, it's not gonna be just kid focused. But uh yeah, it's it's well, I, I appreciate that perspective. And part of planning something big, as I said before, like it's talking to people and getting great ideas. October to the end of the year is slammed enough. Don't go anywhere close to it. Right, right. So I, I I'm hoping that uh come November we're gonna actually be able to have a real chat conference again. Me too. Fingers crossed. Yes, yeah. <laughs> It sounds like when we're trying to plan the whole year, you're sort of approaching it a little loose in terms of like, this is what the whole year looks like and more tight on this is what the first step of whatever it is that you want to do for the year. And it doesn't have to be business. We've been kind of in that world a little bit, but it could be like, I want to lose 20 pounds. So under my health goals uh, this year, so I, and I have it broken down in, in physical health and mental health. Um, physical health, I like, I would like to, to drop a 
about 15 pounds and I actually have it broken down uh, by a couple pounds a month. And I also have a, uh, a sort of an if this, then that goal. If I haven't hit a, uh, a certain weight goal by March 1st, then I will be signing up for Noom. Noom is that sort of mental health psychology yeah, focused. It's like a, it's like a psychology based um, way. And I've, everyone who I've heard use it says really good things about it. And for me, like I exercise. I mean, I'm a, I'm a regular exerciser. Um, I'm pretty sure it's just what I'm doing in the kitchen. That's, uh, you know, because I'm like, man, cause I, I'm trying stuff. And it's just like that scale. It's just it kind of taunts me. That's why they call it COVID-19. Right, exactly. Like, because I did, I, I put on almost the COVID-19. And then I, was I like, definitely Whoa. did. I definitely yeah, did. And I am not so, as tall as you. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm down 10, uh, but nice. I still have a ways to go. I like the if this, then that approach, because it builds in forgiveness, right? It's not a situation where you need to get discouraged come March if you don't weigh the certain amount. And that means you failed and just give up for the year. It means the strategy I'm using right now isn't working. That's an aspect of yearly planning that I hadn't considered that you can build in sort of pivot moments or flex dates where this is how we know if something is working or not working. You know what else I do in my, in my yearly planning that, that I think is just so critical. I ask myself questions in my yearly plan. Like I literally have questions that I, that I post to myself because what, so what I do is, so I spend a bunch of time with this yearly planning. Then every month, I come back and look at my yearly plan. It's interesting. So what I used to do and what I used to teach is, you know, with the yearly plan, then you do this quarterly plan. And during that quarterly time is when you kind of look more deeply at your, your yearly goals and then take that to the month. And one of the discoveries that I've made in the last couple of years, uh, and I've even changed on how I, how I teach this in the coaching groups, is instead of that, like, I don't even, I don't do quarterly planning anymore. I do monthly planning because my brain can't really see the difference between a month and a quarter. Like because of that, Hey, now I get to check in with my yearly plan 12 times the year instead of four times a year. Yeah. And that's going to like give you more opportunities. Course correct. Course correction and pivoting is one of, I think the most critical parts of planning, no matter whether it's your year or your day. Just because you plan and put stuff on the calendar in a certain way doesn't mean it has to go that way. That was what seemed like would work. And if you're midway through your day or your year and you're like, oh, like that's not working. Let's rearrange this. Because if you think about it, you know, not so like I have this big mind map. And if you look at it, it's like, you know, I tell people to take a deep breath before you take a look at it. Because it's like it can be overwhelming. to. I have mind maps like that. (laughs) Right. Right. Like I get I know where everything is on my mind map. But if I didn't have that, like it would almost be like looking at this through a straw. You can't see all the stuff that you want to do if you don't have a place to put all of it. So whether it's a mind map or some other tool and if your calendar, it's just a structured way to capture your intentions from that moment for things that are not going to be happening in that moment. No, I, I'm with you. I love mind mapping. And I also love calendaring. Both of those things are important to me having a structure around what I'm doing. I do want to jump back to the pivot stuff really quick yeah. in case anyone is listening and is like pivoting. That's overwhelming. I can't pivot. And I want to point out that you are wrong because everyone on the face of the planet pivoted due to COVID and we're doing okay. We might not be loving it, but we're doing okay. So you can pivot. 
you practiced it already. You were successful at it. Keep going. Well, and I think there's been this just, it, to me, it is such a harmful sort of message that we have gotten. I think just as a, as a culture, and I think it's even more so with people with ADHD, is this idea that if you didn't get everything done on your, on your list, that you failed. Mm-hmm. Says who? Who, who, who made that rule? Right? Who's, who, whose idea was that? Like, that's r- ridiculous. One of the, uh, um, you know, I, I read and, and borrow from all different kinds of productivity people. And I sort of figure out what works for, for me, what works for more of the ADHD brain. Uh, so one of the, those people is, is David Allen from, from Getting Things Done. And this is not a book for people with ADHD. This is that nobody gets everything done on their to-do list every day. Like, it just, right. it doesn't happen which is why focusing on prioritization is so important. I kind of feel like if I ever have a day where I get everything on my to-do list done, one of two things is happening. Either it's a rest day. And so I just don't have that many things on my to-do list because the biggest thing is to chill out and rest. Or I'm not being ambitious enough or I'm not looking through a big enough lens because my daily to-do list is just a piece of my weekly to-do list, which is a piece of my monthly to-do list, et cetera. And I'm not going to get to everything. So stuff can get shunted to the next day. Did I tell you about my to-done list that I used to have? I think we've, I think we've talked about this. Yeah. I think, I think that's such a good idea too, for people who often like get to the end of the day and feel like they didn't do anything. Well, when in fact they did a ton of stuff, it is super helpful. And I think instructive to do the thing that we have probably all done that we do a thing that was not on the to-do list, but then we put it on the to-do list so we can cross it off. Yep. And the reason I actually encourage people to do this, because if that was something that in hindsight, like would have been a good thing to have on the to-do list, that sort of teaches your brain, ah, these are the things that need to go on the to-do list. It's the same idea, I believe, is when we're like, if we're playing a video game or a sport and we don't execute something the way we wanted to. And uh, we utter some four letter word, right? It's like telling our, our brain to, to be like, hey, no, wait, don't do it that way. I would even go so far as to say, when you put that thing on your to-do list that you're going to cross off immediately, indicate in some way that that's what happened. Mm, I like that. I like that. Yeah, because it could be that you have a blind spot to a certain kind of activity or certain kind of event that happens to you and you're not seeing it. And if you have a to-do list, you might recognize the pattern if you look at 10 of them over the, that you have left over that month. B, I really like that. I really like that. That's great. Yeah. All right. So just being mindful of time, do you have any ending essentials that you'd like to share with our audience? Productivity and planning is a practice. It's something to help us live a more intentional life. It is not a contract that you are making with anyone. It's just a guide to help your future self stay on the path that you are trying to go on. And if you're on a path that you're like, I don't like this path, you can change anything you've planned. So give it a try. Know that it's going to feel really hard at first. And when you start thinking about all the things that you want to do, and if you do an exercise like creating this big, at a brain dump in this Maya map, you're going to look at this and you may feel anxiety looking at that. Take some deep breaths. This is something new that you are doing. Right? And try to have fun with it. 
Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com. And visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.